1: Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: State of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I am joined by Laura Bradburn. It is tonight, isn't it? I said tonight earlier on. It is tonight
0: now.
2: 10 to tonight, 6, yeah. 10 to 6, we'll call it tonight. Loads to discuss. We are talking Celtic 4, Wraith Rovers nil. We're into the next round of the Scottish Cup. Nice clean sheet, good second half, changed when Jota came on. We'll talk about everything in between because it wasn't as convincing in the first half. Laura, what did you make of the second half?
0: No, it wasn't as convincing in the first half. It certainly was in the second half. I think changes in personnel made a massive difference. Um, And I don't want to start off on a negative, but I think if you're Mikey Johnson, you're looking at that going, I have no future at Celtic Park after that. The fact that even if no other change had been made, just swapping him for Jota was enough to make the massive difference in the game that it made. Uh, Jota came on. And don't get me wrong, not every Celtic player we're going to have is going to be of the level of Jota, but he just made it look so easy, as easy as it should have been from the start. Mm. And he had everything Johnston has, but with end product at, at the end of it as well.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, you like what you said there, uh, you know, starting off with a negative, the half time show could have been quite a negative show because we weren't brilliant in the first half, Laura, let's be honest. We got the goal and then we started playing in a kind of sloppy fashion. We gave Raith Rovers a fair bit of credit at halftime because, you know, they were very well um, organised and it was the banks of defenders and you see all that. And you think to yourself, well, at some point during that second half, our quality and our supreme... I would guess, Supreme Fitness uh, over our opponents is going to shine through and we're going to maybe get another couple of goals. So um, that was my expectation in the second half. But it all changed, like you said, when Jota came on. So that's twofold. You've got the absolute magician that is Jota and there's comments coming in um, from the comments field from Disco Land, for example. Welcome to the show, Disco Land. Please buy Jota. I mean, he is... We, we ran a show the other day and I think it was, um, you know... the the icons that are being created by Ange Postacoglu and people said, you know, you can't be an icon after five minutes. But what you can see in some of these players um, is the potential to go on and and be something special. And, I mean, Jota's technique is unbelievable. There's a moment down the left-hand side where he's got absolutely no right to beat his first man, never mind his second man. And he still manages to get it and and win the corner. Now, it could be argued that Mikey Johnson won a few corners in the first half. Yes, he did. But I think anyone watching that, and this is with Celtic's best interest at heart, Laura. anyone watching that game for 90 minutes, it's a clear indication that the drop-off in quality from our first-choice left winger to to our second-choice in Mikey, and let's... Let's not forget, to be 22-year-old and be Celtic's second-choice left-winger is is something to behold. But the drop in in quality is massive. It's huge. It's astronomical. And like you said at halftime, you want young Celts coming through to make it. I would love for Mikey Johnson to make it at Celtic. And there's always these wee flashes. There were flashes in the League Cup final, Laura. There were flashes tonight at at halftime, made the point he's getting doubled up, which he is but they double up on Jota and it doesn't really affect him. He just takes the two of them on. And I get that he is a special talent. But yeah, one of the points I wanted to talk about, and you, you brought it up, is not only the brilliance of Jota, but where does this leave Mikey? I mean, he's been so unlucky with injury. And, and the move that, that you know, obviously, he, he's pulled up a muscle, um, was a good move. He'd done so well to get the ball in. Um, the ball obviously ended up ricocheting off the bar. But it's almost as if you're just expecting the next injury from Mikey Johnson, which is a shame. I made the point probably earlier on this season, Laura, that it reminds me a lot, and I don't mean he's any better or worse than, but just the, the build of the player. It reminds me a lot of Lewis Morgan. And Lewis Morgan went over to enter Miami, Miami rather, uh, where he's absolutely lauded as a player. I think he won their, their version of the player of the season last year. Most valuable player. Um, different style of game, perhaps more space, uh, maybe not as fast and furious as a Scottish game. And he's he's absolutely flying. And I just think that Mikey Johnson's got a lot of talent. There's no doubt in it. But I just don't know how many times we're going to have this discussion, Laura, before it gets to the point where we think, yeah, maybe his future lies elsewhere.
0: I think the thing is, you know, if... If Jota comes on in that second half and doesn't make the difference that he made, you could have argued that, that Mikey Johnson had a fairly decent first half. I said at halftime, he's actually the most threat that we appeared to have in the first half. But obviously, I just looked at him and gone, there's no end product there. I know if I bring Jota on, there will be end product. And that mm-hmm. proved to be exactly the case. You know, when you look at our team's... We talked about it before the match about how Ralston has changed from a player that you used to be concerned, seen on the starting lineup, and now you're not concerned. To take it a step further, we have players who can absolutely be relied on uh, to put in a good performance. You're talking about Joe Hart, Carter Vickers, Callum McGregor, uh, Furuhashi when he's fit to name but a few. Mikey Johnson is not just a player who. Has zero impact in a game. Sometimes you feel he's actually having a negative impact in the game. And looking back at that first half, you feel he saw so much of the ball that actually, when you look back at it and compare what Jota did in the second half to what he did in the first half, he was the point at which everything started and stopped. Whereas Jota made those chances for other people, he laid the ball on for the Akamaka goal. He, he took players on left, right, and centre, and was making vital passes. I, I, I take no pleasure, like you said, in you know talking down any Celtic uh, youngster or or uh, you know suggesting that a, a Celtic youngster has no future at the club. But as for Mikey Johnson, there are players there are other players who have had less chances than him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel he's had enough now to prove what he's about. And with all due respect to Wraith Rovers, if you come out of a game thinking Mikey Johnson didn't do it against Wraith Rovers, what kind of a level does that suggest that he'll be able to play at? Mm -hmm. Certainly not one that Celtic would be aiming for, I wouldn't suggest.
2: No, and sometimes, Laura, it's just the change that a player needs. You know, and and perhaps he can play at a similar level just somewhere else. And there was talk in January there about a proposed move to Aberdeen, breaking down, and they've eventually come in and, and taken Adam Montgomery instead. But you know, you, you you hear Celtic players within the squad talking about the talent of Mikey Johnson. Um, but really, you've got to ask a skill. Yes, all these injuries would have affected any player. And there was that infamous moment where he, he's wanted to prove to the gaffer he can. Keep playing, he stays on. Uh, he gets injured and obviously Neil Lennon was not happy. He was out for a long time after that. But yeah, we'll try and, and um verge on the, the positives as well, because there were some. I mean, one player gets out injured and another one arrives, and Julien, we'll talk about him. I'm not finished with Jota yet, though, because that was a special performance. Uh, you know, it was like a cameo. He comes and gets the man of the match, as Chancellor says, and he does turn the game round. Brian Degnan said that. It was a good result, poor performance, until Jota arrived on the scene. How are we feeling? Well, it kind of washes away a lot of the, the first-half frustrations. I mean, I had given my predicted team on the Thursday, and from that prediction, there were five starters, which were Joe Hart. Cameron Carter vickers Rio Atati, Tommy Rogic, and Yakamakis. So when I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, well, there's six, what I would consider second choices for their respective positions coming in in the first half. Is it any wonder that's going to be a disjointed team? Because that, that's a team that hasn't really played together. There's no synergy, Laura, and it's a bit stop starting that first half. But we should maybe expect it because there's six players coming in, some of them out of the cold and they're all getting asked to play. One of the biggest um, uh, plush points in recent times has been how free-flowing it's been, and that's because there's the chemistry, there's a dynamic between certain players and certain partnerships. You break that down a wee bit when you bring six players in, don't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I had a, I had a brief moment, and I know we'll get on to them in, in due course, but I had a brief moment just realising to myself when Julian came on, I actually thought to myself, how many of the players on the pitch has he played with for Celtic before? Mm, Like At at the point that he came on I mean so you're talking about I think Rogic had already gone off so it was perhaps Ralston, Beaton and maybe Welsh I don't know if he ever played with Welsh or if that was slightly too early but you know, so that alone—the reason I raise that as a point—is it just shows you the influx and the changeover of players we've had in such a short period of time that a player who hasn't played since December twenty twenty can come in to a squad where he's probably played with, you know, single figures uh, of of the other players in the squad, numbers-wise. So, yeah, that that kind of change, and especially chopping and changing it up today, like you said, with the six changes, does make for destabilisation. But what we are aiming for and what we've been crying out for and what I think this squad is starting to show is, if Ange manages to imprint what he wants to do on the squad as a whole, the way that we know he wants to do it, the personnel almost becomes slightly... I don't want to say irrelevant, but completely interchangeable with each other. You can take one out, you can slot one in. We talked before about not wanting the standard to drop off off massively when you make those changes. What this squad is showing is that for the majority, a few aside, you can take, you know, Hatati out and put Adiguchi in. You can take Rogic out and put O'Reilly in. You can take Beaton out and put McGregor in and the the standard won't drop, and that's exactly what we're looking for. So then you can go, well, yeah, there has been six changes in the squad today, but the six players that have come in and replaced the other six are as good, if not better, and so you know we'll continue to operate at the level that we have been, and it's just really encouraging to see.
2: Yeah, when when I'm looking at it, I think it's a good point, because looking at some of the guys that have come in, uh, Ralston comes in for Djuranovic, you can trust Ralston. Uh, I think Welsh comes in and he played as well as you would expect you know there was no real drop off there was a couple of moments between him and Hart and I'm not sure what was going on there but in terms of the overall performance Welsh played pretty well Scales obviously um, opened the scoring played reasonably well. I mean, Beaton coming in, he's a different type of player, but he done his job well. And and I think it is Forrest and Johnson that are the two concerns out of the ones that came in there, Laura. But you mentioned as well about uh, Julien. If we were just to focus on the back five, well, it's the first time he's played with Hart. Um, Ralston, oh, you know, he wouldn't have played many games with Ralston in the team. He wouldn't have played many games with Welsh in the side. And he's certainly not played with scales. So he's walked into you know, the unknown there. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, given more game time, it will get to that point where if Starfield drops out and Julian comes in, you're confident he's going to just slot right in there, you know. Um, and it was great to see the big man coming on because it's been a long, um, hard journey for him. There's been a few setbacks, I'm sure, because I don't think anyone expected it to be 14 months out. People are asking, is he ever going to come back? When he comes back, what version of Julian are we going to get? Um, so, yeah, he's been eased in tonight. And I think there's a good point here on Twitch. See, we do bring up Twitch comments. Ian Mac 65, thanks for getting involved, pal. What did I say? No doubt in my mind that if Maeda, Jota and Abada were on, we'd be three or four up. There is a complete difference in quality. Certainly, Jota and Abada, we could have that discussion around Maeda and Yakamakis as well at some point uh, tonight. But Jota and Abada comes on. Uh, for Mikey and Jamesy e. Forrest and the step up in standard intensity, um, you know, I just think that what was lacking with James Forrest tonight, Laura, was almost like a, a directness. A play, he's getting the play, he's in a good position, and he, he's coming inside. There was no really, um, for me, any danger from James e. Forrest, and even when it seemed to open up for him. And he's going to take a shot, but there's a player there. So he takes another sidestep and there's another player in front of him. And I think he'd done it three or four times. He almost ran into his own player. What's your concerns with James A. Forrest? We've spoken about Mikey Johnson on the left. What's your concerns with James Because there comes a point where you think, right, he's had enough game time now. He should be contributing better than he has been. He wasn't great tonight.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, we've talked a lot about the concerns we had about Julian coming back and having a massive injury and wondering if we'd ever see the same player again. Um, I don't think enough people have voiced those concerns about James Forrest. People forget how much of last season he missed, I think, and the size of the injury he was coming back from. And for a player who relied so much of his career on pace, you know... Time waits for no man. He's 30 years old now. He's come back from a serious injury. He has previously relied on pace. It looks to me like he knows that he can't rely on that anymore. Now, I might be speaking way out of turn here. Maybe he can. Maybe that was just the way he chose to play today. But at that point you're making about him continuing to cut inside and run into players. I think that's because the way that he's played over the years to me has always been that he's been a player who can knock it past somebody and run. Mm -hmm. And I've not seen him do that very often, if at all, since he came back from this injury. My, My concern is that potentially he has lost that from his game. And without that, I wonder what he brings because...
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox
0: serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It was a major part of his game. Now I'm not saying he's not a, he's not a, a, a good footballer in other senses, but it's the same as with any player. If you have to fundamentally, if a golfer has to fundamentally change their swing, if a tennis player has to fundamentally change the way they use a racket, doesn't make them a bad golfer, a bad tennis player, a bad footballer. But they're certainly going to take a long time to adapt, even over and above coming over that injury. And my concern is that James Forrest has had to make such a massive change to the way that he plays his game, that it might take him a long time to get used to that and to be as effective as he was before, if he ever does become as effective as he was before.
2: Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Laura, let's remember 30 is young for some people (laughs) on this broadcast. But I go back to an interview um, that I remember Michael Owen giving, and I'm not comparing the players, very, very different type of players in a different position for us than Owen. But a lot of their game was based on that bursty pace wasn't it I mean mm-hmm. when Owen came on on the scene at Liverpool you thought anything was achievable for him um, he had this bursty pace that you know it just gave him that yard extra put him into positions where things opened up for him and we've seen a lot of that for James over the years where like you say that we step over he's in Whereas tonight, he tried it three or four times and he's just getting further and further away from the goal. Um, And when you lose that, and Owen spoke about how he lost that and basically had to completely reinvent himself as a footballer. And when you look at the the Michael Owen in the last, let's say, eight years of his career compared to his first eight, they're two different players. And the one in the latter half of that that career was a, a much lesser quality player. So although Forrest is 30 and I would expect him to play up until he's 35, 36 years of age, normally. Um, There is that slight niggling concern now that that wee yard the pace is away. The sharpness is gone. And I don't want to write him off. I think, I mean, when you look at his experience, the games that he's played, he's played more games than anybody else in the Celtic squad uh, by quite a distance. And, um, you know, 435 games he's now played for Celtic. 96 goals, 96 assists. Um, and you look at the silverware that he's won, he's in his testimonial. Uh, he's in that, that kind of area. He's, in th- he's played for 13 seasons. You know, he's been due a testimonial for a wee while now. And, you know, I, I think we'll always look back on him over that quadruple-treble period, Laura, as an absolute... I don't know. People say icon, great legend. I don't know the definition between these terms, but he's up there. He's he's always going to be fondly remembered as someone who achieved so much in a Celtic jersey. I don't want to write him off. Uh, you know, I think it's so important to have three or four a core who have come through the Celtic ranks and are, are part of that, um, you know, Celtic heritage. And we've got that in the squad, and I think it's very important. But yeah, there are some concerns creeping in about Jamesy now because tonight was one of the nights, like you said about Mikey Johnson, there you go, go and do it because we expect you to be able to do it on a night like tonight and I keep saying it's a night time, it was actually a four o'clock kickoff. off <laughs> uh, The slackness, I would agree, I would put that down to the personnel not really having the dyna- dy- uh, dynamic nature because they've not really played alongside each other but there's a few other players that deserve comment and one of them is indeed... Uh, before I go on um, Johnson should be loaned out I think we tried to do that David Bailey comes in it's a good point on Facebook but I think we did try to do that in January didn't we and I don't know um, what the, the breakdown was there I think it would have benefited him we've seen how it benefited mm-hmm. Ryan Christie Chris Sire Callum McGregor Um Yakamakis, he was disappointed when he came off. He got his goal, Laura. He, do, he does what Yakimakis does. He, he wins a lot of free kicks. He puts himself about. He doesn't give defenders an inch. Um, he's a very hard-working striker. But the one thing I was a wee bit concerned about was the goals weren't coming, you know, and it was an inspired performance by the Motherwell goalie or the Dundee United goalie or the Rangers goalie because, you know, he had five chances in those three games, didn't get a goal. He got his goal tonight. What did you make of his overall performance?
0: Um, I thought he was the word nuisance springs to mind, and I think that is the, the way in which he plays his game an awful lot. And, and I think there's there's an effectiveness to that and uh and a role for that in the team that he certainly um he does play well. Um I think like Alan Robertson says there in the comments, GG deserved that. I think he did deserve it. I think you could see in his reaction that he's desperate for goals and he's frustrated that he's not getting those goals. So I think he did fantastic to be in the position that he was in because let's not forget for that goal, he's got to keep up pace with Jota. He's got to be in line with where Jota's at. Everybody says, oh yeah, Jota rolls the ball across and all he's got to do is tap it in. He's got to be in the position to tap it in. And part of being a striker is doing that as well. So I I, I think he did more than enough. And I think that's the other thing as well. Is this is where you get into a danger of comparing strikers in terms of goals. You could say some people could come on here and say, "Well, his goal-scoring record is no better than a Jetty's was in the same number of games that he's played for Celtic." Because if we all remember, a scored a barrel load of goals. The problem with a Jetty in comparison to Yakimakis is, and I know strikers are meant to score goals and that's what they're there to do, but if you're a Jetty. It seems all he contributes is goals, if he's not scoring goals, he's contributing nothing to the team. The least you can say about Yakimakis is if he doesn't go on the score sheet, he's certainly contributed to the to the goals that have been scored by making himself something for the defenders to get concerned about to give space to the likes of Rogic, O'Reilly, Hatate, Jota, whoever you want to name coming up from the midfield. So, um, yeah, would I like to see more goals from him? I think I probably would because I think he wants to score more goals as well. But I think also that he is still providing something to the squad that another player with the same number of goals might not be. And therefore, I think he should be looked at in a slightly more positive light than other players with an equal number.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, a jetty. You're you're pulling that name out of the bag as well, Laura. But Mm -hmm. um, going back to the point you made about Julian coming in and being someone who, you know... One week you might get Cameron, Carter Vickers and Starfelt. The next week you might get CCV and Julien. I think uh, similarly with Jacques Amakis and Maeda, uh, whereby there is no clear fire first choice between the two. I don't think, uh, from what I've seen. Obviously, Maeda comes in and scores a goal as well. I don't think there's a, a sure fire first choice. I think, you know, is going to look at the opposition and he's going to look at which player suits the opposition better. Until Kyogo comes in and he's by far and away the first choice um, centre forward. But yes, I think Yakamaka has done himself absolutely no harm tonight. He was disappointed when he came off, and of course, what then happens is his replacement comes out and scores. <laughs> um, and, it, and it was a really well worked goal. I know that it, you know it was a second attempt, good save by the goalie, but it was a really w- well worked goal where we have actually scored from a corner. You know, I know it was a secondary header, but uh, Abadus you know flights it in, Raulston with the header important header by Ralston. Oh, do you know it.
0: something? Having been on with Alan Morrison, he would tell you that's your confirmation bias, showing that we scored from a corner. That's what he would say.
2: We don't do it very often, though, do we? Um, to the point where when O'Reilly came in, I was thinking, wow, we've got another guy that can fly at a corner. And I, I just think it's one of the ones, and again, Julian, Julian's name gets thrown into the mix when we're talking corners. Uh, we've been very ineffective in terms of goals from corners. I know that there's going to be probably a train of thought that says, you know, you retain possession by winning a corner, which seems alien to me. It Mm. it does at the moment seem alien to me. And then you just get the corner back into play and and keep the possession to try and craft open an opportunity. But we scored, not directly, but we scored from a corner tonight, which is tremendous. And we've gone on um, to get a fourth. And that brings me on to Funkman05. Great name. I am really confused. The guy who was booked for the stamp on Maeda was also the same guy who handled the ball. Right? Correct. Uh, And somebody else got booked for the second issue. Now, we mentioned at halftime we weren't big fans of this referee and there's been previous, etc. But tonight, you look at that, which was just absolute nonsense watching that you know, now and again referees are going to make a, a wrong call but that that there booking the wrong player when the guy who was actually uh, responsible for the handball would have got a second booking and a sending off uh, and then, you know, even if you want to throw into the mix, Wraith Rovers penalty shout in the first half to try and balance it up it's just, it's the poor standard, Laura, isn't it? That's the frustration yeah. here. Before we go into anything else and I know that Alan's writing a very detailed blog on Celtic by numbers, looking at um, big decisions that aren't going Celtic's way. Um, and he's doing it very well and in a very balanced way. But when I think when you watch tonight's game, the standard is very poor for both teams.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I, I said this to you before we came on air. It's important, I think, to, to point out situations like this because so often you can think that the refereeing performance is poor, and then you only cite the instances in which it's against your team. Uh, And we've seen plenty against Celtic this season. In this instance, what I saw was, and yes, we'll go into the second decision, but, you know, Wraith Rovers could be sitting there suggesting they should have had a penalty when they were 1-0 down, and maybe that would have changed the game. Um, They could have come back to one each, and maybe that would have made a difference. But for anybody watching who's confused, so basically what happened was... Um, obviously Sean Mackey, the Loney Hibs player, um, was booked for a tackle on Maeda on the touchline. Um, he was then the player who handballed the ball for the penalty that Beaton took. Wasn't the only one that tried to handball it, mind you. Massonda for for Wraith Rovers tried to handball it as well. But anyway, he handballed it. Um there was confusion because the referee then flashed the yellow card, but it wasn't clear who he flashed it at. And then it came out via the fourth official that the player who'd received the booking for the yellow card was Ryan Matthews, but that he received the booking for the handball, not for anything else. So confusion reigns. But the reason that it is worth highlighting is because it just shows you, like you say... This is not about conspiracy theories. This is not about saying that there's somebody at the SFA who's phoning referees and saying, give Rangers all the decisions, don't give Celtic any of the decisions. This is about just seeing a situation that would rarely, if ever, happen in any other league in the world, where there's a referee who doesn't even appear to know which player's which, who's handballed it, who's not, who he's booked, who he's not. What? I can't even get out of my head, and this is me just speculating here, but I can't get out of my head, you know, the fact that did he book the wrong player thinking that that was the player who handballed it or did he realise that he had booked Mackie twice and not sent him off so he changed who he had booked because it was such a random flailing of the card? Do you know what I mean? I can't even tell really what I believe or whether it's just he said to the fourth official... Tell them it was Matthews. Tell them I thought Matthews did the handball. So it's just shocking all round. And it's the type of thing that, you know, we talked on on Friday on the bulletin about um, how the Celtic Rangers match the other night was the biggest match in, in European football and how all eyes were on it. Mm-hmm. Had all eyes been on it and a decision like that one had been made today, the Scottish League, the Scottish Cup, the Scottish football system would have been laughed at. Because it just looked utterly amateurish and shambolic. And I thought thought there was plenty of problems with the referee tonight. And that just encapsulated it all in one. It just looked like a confused mess. Yeah, it
2: did. It did. And by the way, if it was the latter, Laura, and he thought, oh no, I booked him twice. Let's just pretend it was Matthews that I booked. That would not surprise me. Mm. that kind of thing doesn't surprise me in Scottish football we're looking ahead we've got a couple of fixtures at Celtic Park coming up we have uh, Bodo Glimt followed by Dundee it's a Thursday Sunday and we've got to ask the question that was something of a change lineup tonight what do we do on Thursday Um, Sean F comes in on YouTube and by the way if you are watching on YouTube please make sure you subscribe we're only about 15 or a dozen away from our next milestone. Um so make sure you subscribe. We've got some huge plans coming up for content. And if you subscribe and uh, hit the notifications bell, you will not miss it as well as your 12:30 daily bulletins, your match day bulletins, etc. Um so Sean F comes in to say I think Maeda is playing next week through the middle with Abada and Jota on the wings. Well, for sure Abaddon Jota start for me in the European game. Laura what do you do with the centre forward and does Julien's appearance tonight make any difference to the the defensive um, prediction that you're going to make? And of course, Adaguchi, we've not really spoken about Adaguchi. He came in, he was tidy, he played pretty well. Um, how do we shape up in the midfield? What are you what are you looking for on Thursday night in terms of the team selection?
0: I think in terms of team selection, assuming... Um Assuming injuries don't play a part in any of the changes that were made tonight or or this afternoon, I should say, um, I think Starfelt will probably be back in to to partner um, Carter Vickers. Um, Whether Juranovic is match fit or not remains to be seen, but I would expect Ralston to come back in. I would like to see Scales at left-back again because I thought he did enough to... um, to you know, Merit a start um, on Thursday, uh, and Joe Hart in gold. You know that kind of makes the decision for itself. Um, the big changes I would like to see made uh, on Thursday is that I, I think we can't go into Thursday's game without McGregor being back in the middle of the park um, again. I don't know what the situation is with O'Reilly and why he was kept out, but assuming he's fit, I would want him back in and uh, to to steal an idea from from tony Haggerty, i would like to see him partnered up with rogich because i don't think we've seen that yet um i think that would be interesting uh perhaps give hatati a little bit of a rest because i think a lot of people after his performance against aberdeen kind of wanted him back in tonight to see um if he could kind of rectify that but i think what i'm coming to the conclusion of after seeing him today is he was very effective he, he, He made a couple of really good passes, especially the one to Jota before he put the ball in for Yakimakis for the goal. But I think he looks like he's a bit leggy and probably needs a little bit of a rest. And then as far as for up front goes, uh, based on the second half performance, it's got to be Jota, Maeda and Abada for me up front. No questions.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. And another thing, Julien comes back in. I know that we lost Mikey Johnson. Who knows how serious that is? But Julienne comes in, that gives you a lift. We've still got Kyogo to come back and we've still got David Turnbull to come back. Laura, mm. So, you know, these are things, we don't know the time scales, particularly for Kyogo, but these are the things that, again, are just going to bolster the squad and bolster the team and the morale. And we're still winning games. Yeah, we went out there tonight, We won 4-0, another clean sheet. We're into the next round of the Scottish. The quadruple is still on. Um, A few points coming in after your your comments about the refereeing decision. Stephen Gallagher, confusion reigns in almost every game by the officials. Brian Murphy, the standard of refereeing in Scotland is appalling. Um, We've got Peter Caloyero, referee Shady Graham Paul in 2006 World Cup where he booked the same player three times. Uh, Martin, Jock, Johnson, the refs are embarrassing, make the SPFL look so bad. I think we've got a thread going on here and Sean McGee, standard of refereeing in this country, is an utter disgrace for all teams. So, we're not happy with the refereeing, we've called it out even though we've won fairly comfortably in the end. Jota was absolutely um, (laughs) untouchable this evening, comes on and wins the man of the match. Mikey Johnson is possibly injured and we get Chris Julien back. So, all in all, a good day at the office Laura thanks everybody for getting involved 1200 strong on a live stream after a Wraith Rovers Scottish Cup victory if you haven't subscribed on YouTube make sure you do that and you won't be missing some of the big content coming your way Laura Bradburn thanks for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind
1: No purchase necessary. Void Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.